morning guys it is saturday morning i am super tired this morning guys i don't know sorry if my voice sounds scratchy uh, i'm just waking up like an hour ago just got through eating breakfast i had turkey bacon and eggs and now i'm just relaxing my daughter's still asleep she hasn't woke up yet so i'm just sitting here but i'm super super tired I'll probably get up and take a shower soon and get dressed. Um, I was going to go to my aunt's funeral, but I think I told you about this a couple days ago. Maybe I didn't because she passed away on Monday. She's been really sick, but my dad said I didn't have to go. My mom's probably going to be pissed when she realizes I'm not there. But it's not that I don't love my aunt. I love my aunt. She was a beautiful person. I have so many childhood memories with her, but I just don't like funerals. It's the whole vibe of funerals that just creep me out. And I just don't like funerals at all, period. I don't like the vibe. I don't like the grieving, the crying. And I just feel so sad. The last funeral I had to go to was last year. I had to go to my grandfather's funeral. And it was sad. And his funeral was like a packed concert, if you want to think of. Like a Whitney Houston concert. Just packed out. Because he was so well known in, in our small town. So, um... It was nice, but it was just sad, and I just don't, it's, I'm not, I'm not going because I don't like my aunt or anything crazy, it's just, I just don't like funerals, and it's just my preference, but I know my mom's gonna be mad about it, so I'm gonna prepare myself for her yelling and screaming at me when she gets home, like, why didn't you go to the funeral? You were supposed to go, and it's like, uh, I'm preparing myself mentally for that, because I know she's gonna be mad about it, but like I said, again, it's nothing against my aunt, I just, I just don't like funerals, I just don't. Um, but anyway, moving to a new topic, um, I hope you guys enjoyed Lighting Up Friday yesterday. I had so much fun making the podcast. Um, I was excited about it. I was telling my boyfriend, like, last night, I was like, babe, I did a podcast about relationships, and he just thought it was so cute and funny. So, and I'm always, um, on my WordPress blog talking about my podcast, so thanks, shout out to you guys for all the love and support as always. It's appreciated. Um... So moving on, I thought today's topic would be about mental health in teens and young adults. I feel like we don't, I don't talk about that as much because I kind of focus on more adults, but we need to focus on the young adults. It's so many teenagers, so many middle schoolers, so many kids dealing with mental illness and they have no outlet. They have no support. They have no one there to help them through it. And it's harder on teens than adults, if you ask me, because teens have the weight of the world on their shoulders. They have schoolwork. They have their peers around them you know on them all the time they have that pressure to impress mom and dad they got to get the perfect grades they got to do this right do that right they can't screw up so I think it's super important that we talk about especially if we have kids or you know you have nieces and nephews or whoever around you just that it's important that we have a conversation about mental illness in young adults and so let's talk about it guys I think if you I think we shouldn't put so much pressure on kids. I think it's always, to me, as parents sometimes, and my daughter's only one, she's not even in school yet, but I remember growing up, my parents, they were just happy if I got a C in school. You know, they were just proud of me if I got a D, was passing. And I think a lot of times parents put that pressure on kids. You got to have straight A's. You got to have this. You can't have a B. Bring that grade up. You got to eat eat food this way, which also causes eating disorders. You have parents say, you can't eat this. You got to eat this way. You got to do this way. And that puts pressure on the young adults, and it makes them feel like they have to be a perfectionist. They have to be perfect. I think growing up, my mom was a perfectionist to a certain extent, a little bit. 
and it kind of pushed on to me a little bit because growing up my mom and I remember and and it was kind of like handed down my mom was always on me about my weight growing up she was like you can't eat this food Sherelle you got to eat this way Sherelle you you can't do that because I don't want you to be overweight I don't want you to be fat so I remember as a teenager going on a bunch of diets taking diet pills and literally starving myself at some points just to to lose the weight because everyone around me would pick on me about my weight growing up when I started to gain weight as a young girl I was really skinny and then as I got older I started gaining weight and I remember just having everyone around me pick on me and bully me if I would sit down and eat something my uncle would go why are you eating that didn't you just eat and then they would make me not want to eat it and then being at home with my mom she would always be on me well I'm just looking out for you because I love you your grandmother did the same thing to me so it was kind of like a train reaction just passed down from generation to generation so it's just really hard sometimes of course now she looks back and she's apologetic about it or whatever but it's just you know growing up I just remember my mom putting that pressure on me a little bit and I think that you, you can't put that pressure on your kids. I think that's why with my daughter, I'm more lenient with what she eats. I'm like, okay, you can have this. Even though my mom sometimes would be like, you shouldn't let her eat that. But it's like, I don't want to have that pressure that my mom put on me about, you can't eat this, don't eat that on her. Of course, I'm going to be cautious because I want her to be healthy. But I don't want her to feel at any point in her life that she's not good enough. And like, she has to be a certain size to feel beautiful. I think that's important that we instill in the younger youth that they don't have to be perfect because you see the suicide rate goes up so much with school kids getting bullied and kids killing themselves and committing suicide and because they're being bullied in school and I feel like a lot of times like I say it starts in the home how you raise your kids up and how you when you put them out in the world that's the energy they bring they're like well I was raised this way so that's why I'm out in the world giving that kind of energy so you have to really starts at home with how you parent your kids and how you bring them up in the world and I think that's super important because you you wanna you wanna give love to your children. Sometimes kids in, in homes don't feel loved, they don't feel wanted. So they they go to school and they either become that depressed kid in the classroom or that emo kid, or they become that kid that shoots the school up because they don't feel love at home. And you know you want your kids to always feel loved. You want them to feel like no matter what they do, you're proud of them. And don't put so much pressure on them. And, you know, a lot of times kids, they're dealing with anxiety, they're dealing with depression. They have all that pressure, like I said, on them for schoolwork and everything else. And it's just important that we, we uplift them and we guide them and we're there for our kids and the younger youth because they need to feel like they are supported. You know, my little cousin, she's 15 and she's dealing with anxiety. And it's funny because when she was younger, she was so not shy. She was out there doing everything. She would go up to random strangers and have conversations. And now she's 15 and she's withdrawn and she has anxiety and she's insecure about her weight because she's a little bit, you know, chubby. And I see all the signs that I kind of dealt with growing up. And I think it's super important that she feels loved. And she would tell me sometimes that kids in school would bully her and they were mean to her. And it really, it broke my heart, honestly, because it's like these young kids have to deal with so much and then they go to school thinking that they're going to be fine and then they get bullied in school or they get <clears throat> tormented or treated bad in school. She doesn't really tell me she's being bullied now, but I know she's insecure about her weight. I know she's insecure about the way she looks. And it breaks my heart because, again, my aunt that passed away is her mother. So now she's 15 years old, no mother, just a father. And I think, you know, that's going to be tough on her for a while. It's really going to be tough on her. And she just needs all the the outpouring 
outpouring love right now on her. There's a bunch of love on her. And I'm definitely going to try to extend the olive branch and try to have a closer relationship with her because I know she needs that that relationship from another woman now that her mother's gone. Um, but it's just important, like I said, to raise your kids upright and to always look into the signs. If you see that your child is stressed out a lot or depressed or dealing with things, make sure you ask questions, you know, talk to them, be open with them so they can be honest. Don't be one of those parents that are just like, your child's scared to talk to you because they're worried about what you're going to say. Because growing up, that's how I kind of felt with my parents. I was always scared to tell them how I felt. My friends could tell their parents how they felt and what was going on in their mind. I was the one that was like scared to say anything because I was always, I was the only child and my parents loved me and they gave me the world and I never got beat, beatings or anything, but it was just that I wanted to be their perfect daughter. I didn't want to ever break the mold of being perfect. And I think that that affected me a lot. And when I finally got older, I just kind of broke down and told them, like, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I'm human. And I think that it's important that your kids feel that they can have that door where they can talk to you. And I always tell my mom, I said, Mom, when Madison gets older, I'm always going to have that door open where she can come talk to me about any and everything and not feel like I'm going to judge her. You know, I think that's important because a lot of young kids out here have anxiety, depression, bipolar. I was actually in high school. I went to school with a guy who had bipolar disorder. And I remember he would be in school sometimes, and he'd be really nice, and sometimes he would be really mean. But, of course, he couldn't control it. It was just his mental illness, and there was nothing we could do. But he always spoke openly about his bipolar. He would tell everybody he was bipolar, so he spoke openly about it. He wasn't ashamed about it. And no one, I don't remember anyone really judging him from being bipolar, but I remember when I went to community college at J. Sergeant Reynolds, um, he went to the same college as me, and he came up to me one day, and he said, hi, Sherelle, or whatever, and we had a brief conversation. He told me that he wanted to go to the military, but because he had bipolar disorder, they wouldn't take him, so that's when he decided to come to college. It's funny because now he's married and has a wife. I saw him on Facebook not too long ago. He's married, has a wife, and I don't think they have any kids, but, yeah, he's doing pretty well, so you just never know, you know. <clears throat> and I'm assuming he had a good support system at home because he came out pretty okay, so... He's doing well. So it just really depends how you treat your kids and how you bring them up in the world. And it's just super important to give your kids love and so they don't feel um, any different and they don't want to harm themselves. Because I hate seeing all these stories of suicide. These kids are so young. Now you hear about kids that are like nine and eight years old killing themselves. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they know how to hang themselves or shoot themselves at nine years old. Like, it's sad. Because they, they can't take the bullying. And schools do not do enough. They don't. They don't do enough in schools to help younger adults with mental illness or to help these kids function properly. You know, you go to a school and say, hey, my daughter's being bullied. Oh, we're going to handle it. You ha- They handle it or they say they handle it. But then that, they don't, not even a couple of days later, that kid ends up committing suicide. So I'm thinking, what did you handle exactly if my daughter is now dead or my son is now dead? You know, what, what did you handle? I just don't think they do enough in schools to stop bullying. And I think, like I said, that stigma of mental illness has to be broken. It's just, it's a stigma there. And unfortunately, the school system, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, guys, excuse my voice. It's very scratchy, but fortunately, the school system just doesn't do enough for the young adults. They don't do enough for the kids these days. They don't do enough to help them. And the, the counselors, you go to a school counselor, but I don't feel like they, they need more to meet education on that themselves, on how to handle students with mental illness and things like that. Because as I've stated in the show 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, 
You saw how Hannah Baker went to her counselor and said what she was being dealing with. He didn't do anything. And then that same day, she went home and killed herself. So you have to think, I think in the school systems, they just need more education on how to handle mental illness and mental health. Because, again, they don't have enough knowledge to deal with it, I think. And again, like I said, it starts at home, you know. And some kids, they have the world. They they have the perfect family, and they still just aren't happy because there's things just going on, and that leads to them taking their own lives or just doing things that they wouldn't normally do. You know, sometimes you have the world, and you still, it's not enough. It's just not enough. I think it's it's important to acknowledge that, you know. I think... You know, like I said, I still have issues with my weight, and I don't really talk about that heavy. But it started when I was a young girl, like I said, for my mom, and then always being on me about weight, and then even now, just having issues with weight. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not obese. I'm not overweight. I'm not huge, huge. I'm not 300 pounds. I think I weigh 138 pounds, but in my mind, that's overweight to me. To me, that's overweight because I think I'm fat. Because I used to be 100 and. 22 pounds and I've had my when I had my daughter I gained like a lot of weight I was like 155 so I went on a diet and I went to a nutritionist and I lost weight and got down to like 133 but of course now I've gained some weight again so I'm 138 I don't think I'm overweight but when I call myself going on diets I get obsessed with the diet that's the problem that scares me I overthink it I get obsessed with it and it's scary so to me, I don't know how to diet like a normal person. Normal people diet and they don't overthink it. I diet and I overthink everything. I'm in the grocery store looking at every box, looking at calories, fat, and everything. And it becomes an obsession. And I think that's a little scary. Because me and my mom were talking about that the other night. And she was like, every time we go, we say we're going to go on a diet for health reasons. You overthink it and you get obsessed with it and you can't, you don't know how to deal with it. And I don't know if it comes from my childhood or just my insecurities with my weight, but it's something I probably need to definitely look into, like, probably talking to my therapist about or getting help with. I'm just going to admit that, but this diet so far, I don't feel like I'm too obsessive with it, but I am kind of hard on myself about what I can and can't eat, but other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty okay, but it just becomes that way sometimes, yeah, but... I just think it's important that they do more programs and things for, you know, younger people so that they can really fully get the help that they need with their mental illness or whatever they have, with their anxiety or their depression or whatever. And like I said, it's important that it starts at home, that we talk to our kids, that we uplift them, that we make them feel good and don't ever make them feel like they can't come to you and talk to you about anything. You know, it really does. And I feel like shame on all the, the parents that raise these kids that become bullies. Like, you teach your kid at home to spew out hate and they bring that hate into the world it's sad and some parents are just like that they they hate other races and they they instill in their kids to be racist they instill in their kids to be mean and then they bring that to school and they bully that kid in the corner who's just quiet and doesn't bother anybody because growing up I was bullied in school I was bullied all through school until I got to college when I finally got to college no one of course you don't know anyone at college anyway really so no one bullied me but I was bullied all through school and at one point I told my mom mom please put me in private school because I was an innocent quiet I was a quiet shy girl in school I didn't bother anybody but people were always bullying me and it really bothered me always being bullied always being picked on and 
I, I always say now, like, I would never let anything happen to my daughter. If someone bullies her, I'm going up to that school. Like, they better not mess with my child. I don't play. I don't play. And it took me years to find my voice. And now, being in my late 20s, I finally feel like I found my voice. And I finally speak up for myself now when stuff bothers me. And I finally, I don't let everything get to me, you know. And it took me years to get to this place, so I'm, I'm proud of myself. I had to kind of break out my shyness and come out of my shell, but it's, it's worked for me. And, you know, I just think that, like I said, there needs to be more support groups, more seminars, more things on mental illness, you know, in school systems and everything like that. I'm so sorry, guys. My voice keeps going in and out. It's scratchy. I don't know. But it's just super important that we we make a conversation about these things. Because, like I said, when I'm on social media, I see so many horrible things and so many people bullying people, so many people being mean and harsh. And it's just like, oh, my God. And it, it really, it doesn't help the situation. It just makes it worse, you know. It really, really does. And we have to be more supportive and more open-minded, you know. And just, like, you know, just be there for your kids, you know. That's really the most important thing that I can I can tell anybody. But I just really want to do this podcast on mental illness and young adults because I feel like I focus on mostly adults, but I feel like we have to remember that young adults and teenagers and middle schools or whatever, they're dealing with mental illness too. They're dealing with anxiety, depression, you know, eating disorders, you know, personality disorder, just things that we don't always talk about on my podcast. And like I said, this podcast is geared towards mental illness, but I want to gear it toward everybody, not just one set group. And I think it's important to talk about these things and and please, anyone out there, if you're a young adult and you're listening to this, know that you are beautiful, you're smart, you can do anything you want to do. Do not allow anyone out there to bring you down. Um, be strong. And if you're a parent listening to this, please be there for your kids. Uplift them, guide them, let them know that you love them. And no matter what they do, you're going to support them so that in the future they don't end up screwed up because they didn't have that support from you. And like I said, it really does start at home, you know. And we have to, at some point, break the stigma. We have to, have to. I just, I always pray for that. I pray that the stigma of mental illness gets broken at some point so that more people are educated on it, so that more people talk about it, so there's not this thing that's hidden in a closet, you know. And a lot of times I do feel like mental illness and mental health get covered up. It gets covered up. Of course, now more people talk about it, but I feel like some people have mental illness in their family and they cover it up. Oh, nothing's wrong with Johnny. Just let Johnny be. He's fine. He's fine. And they make excuses for Johnny. But no, Johnny has mental illness. Let's talk about Johnny's mental illness with people. Let's start the conversation so that people come to your home and they see Johnny acting different. They know he has mental illness. They know how to deal with Johnny. So it's not something you're hiding under the rug. You know, I think that's really, really important. It's really important. You know, and that's why I talk about my mental illness so openly now. I'm not scared to talk about it with anybody around me. I don't care if they judge me. That's that's on them. But you have to start the conversation. You have to talk about it. I think it's important that we, with the people with mental illness, we should start the conversations. Because a lot of times people don't know how to approach us and say, hey, what's wrong with that girl? Is she all right? They can't, they don't know what to say to us. So if we start the conversation, it won't be awkward. We can say, hey, you know what? I do have a mental illness. I do have anxiety or depression, but I'm okay. I take my medication. You want to talk about it? Ask me questions about it? We can talk about it. That, to me, starts a great conversation when you bring it up, when you talk about it, because then that person doesn't feel so awkward. And it's okay to talk about it. And 
talk about it with anybody. You need to get it out. Don't hide your mental illness from the world because you're not, like I said, a mental illness is, your mental illness is not you and you're not your mental illness. You can get through it and you should talk about it with anybody who's willing to listen. Don't be ashamed of your mental illness. It doesn't make you or break you. It, you're still a beautiful person inside and out. And I think it's super important that it, we talk about it all the time with anybody around us, you know. Um, break the converse, conversation. Do do the icebreaker. You break the conversation. You talk about it. And if people ask questions, answer their questions. And so they don't feel awkward or weird around you. But I think, like I said, we got to keep talking about it until that mental stigma. I mean, excuse me, until that stigma is gone. And until more people are talking about it but I do love now that even celebrities now are getting involved with talking about it and being vocal about it and you have more people speaking up about it in the world and it's not as hidden as it used to be you know and more people are hopefully doing their research on it but you know you you have to research it you have to really learn it and I hope that the school systems get more educated on it as well and in general, even in the workplaces, they should educate it. Because sometimes you have people with mental illness in the workplace, and if they do something, you know, different, you're kind of looking at them like, um, are they okay today? Is John okay today? You know, so I think we should even do seminars in the workplace just for people who are who have mental illness at, at, at the job so you know how to handle it when things happen with that person, you know. I think that's super important. I mean, I mean, I hope, you know, one day we can do that. I would love to start a support group for mental illness. I don't know where to start, though. But I would love to like a support. I know sometimes on Facebook you can do it, and I'm doing it with my podcast. But hmm, I'm definitely going to have to look into that because I definitely want to do like more of a support group with you guys about mental illness so we all don't feel so, so alone. So I'm definitely going to look into that, guys. But I'm going to get ready to sign off because this is a long podcast. I'm talking my your head off, I know. But continue to be beautiful, guys. Continue to love each other. Continue to be there for the people around you. And don't be ashamed of your mental illness. And for the younger generation out there, please, please don't be ashamed of who you are. You can get the help you need. You will have the support. I know you got support from me, and hopefully your family will support you as well. Don't let anything get you down. And to the parents that listen to this and have kids, talk to your children about mental illness. Educate them. Know that it's going to be okay. Be there for your kids and raise them right. Um, And please, guys, enjoy your Saturday. I'm going to enjoy mine. I'm signing off, and I will talk to you guys tonight.